This episode of the Comets Podcast is being brought to you by Huntington University. And Huntington University is giving all Comet season ticket holders 25% off all tuition. 25% off all tuition. To take advantage of that, you got to be a season ticket holder and you got to call the Huntington University admissions office. So there you have it. That's what you got to do. Now let's do the show. everybody. It is I, Shane Alberani, bringing you another exciting episode of the Huntington University Comets podcast. And today on the show, we have Comet defenseman Will Peschnig. And a lot of people are forgetting Will Peschnig. He's been on this team the entire time, but he has been dealing with pneumonia really since a training camp. So uh, uh, Will is finally healthy. I managed to get him in the office actually before he got back in the lineup. So uh, Will Peschnig, uh, he has had a little bit of a go with it here this season, but glad to see him back in the lineup but more importantly will does a, a lot of community work uh, wills warriors that is his charity and uh, if you want to get involved with that all you have to do is listen to this episode and you can learn all about will peschnig because he is uh, a very interesting guy and a very impressive young man so here we go will peschnig on the huntington university comets podcast Well, first of all, man, how you feeling? You haven't played in a while, but uh, you're back skating. Yeah, I'm back skating now. Uh, yeah. It's been a while, almost two months now. And yeah. I definitely miss it, but it's nice to be back on the ice with the boys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lungs feel great. Uh, just getting the legs back now, so hopefully I can play next uh, week or so. Yeah, that's got to be the hardest thing. Not so much the injury, but the conditioning, just being not winded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, my skating tests all went very well. Yeah. Uh, just uh, the end of the third skate every time is um uh, the lactic acid builds up in my legs so oh that was the problem yeah so that's the only thing that's keeping me out right now but i felt great today in yeah. practice and it's nice to be back on the ice okay lactic acid in the legs explain that to me <laughs> so it's just uh i, I play lacrosse in the summertime okay. also the heat and everything um it's just like your legs build up and you feel like you can't move them yeah really so the best thing like after that happens is just getting on a bike and flushing them out yeah Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That's something that you've dealt with, like, your whole career or just something that's recent? No, I think yeah. it's just, like, from taking two months off. Really? And, yeah, it's it, there's no way to get in game shape. Yeah. Like, you can do as, right. Much, right. as much biking as you want or as much skating as you want. The, yeah. the only way to get in game shape is to actually play in a game. So right. So, hopefully that'll be soon. <laughs> well, first of all, let's start with I love your dog. Let's go with that because on your Twitter, you have a Basset Hound? Yeah, Basset Hound. Oh, yeah. my God. I just love that dog. Uh, is it here? Is it a boy or a girl? Yeah, it's a he. It's a boy. Yeah. Okay. okay. So tell the story about the Basset Hound because I know they're they are fun dogs, but they're also very noisy, especially if you get a couple of them together. So it's like I've always wanted a Basset Hound, but you have the noise factor. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so growing up with my family, we had a family of uh, three siblings and myself, so four kids. We also had two dogs. We had a Basset Hound and a Bloodhound. Uh, my entire life growing up, and then. Uh, my dad passed away in 2013 and we had a bass on a bloodhound. We had to give those dogs up as well right after yeah. my dad passed. So 
I told myself once I started to play professional hockey, I get a, a basset hound because <laughs> it's my dad's favorite dog. And, yeah. Uh, I ended up naming him after my dad's nickname, which is Petch. And it's kind of funny now that as soon as I named my dog Petch, everyone started to call me Petch as well. So <laughs> I'm, my dog and myself have the same names, so, I guess. So did you have a nickname before that? Yeah. People call me Will the Thrill. or Okay. Uh, I'm kind of a clown in the dressing room, so keep things light. And uh, that name, uh, DJ Smith gave me that name in junior, and it kind of stuck ever since. So the thrill, all right, I yeah, like that. Yeah. So the thrill, and then uh, now it's Petch because of the dog, but uh, that's okay. So yeah. a bloodhound and a basset hound. You guys were do a lot of hunting. Were they hunting dogs, or were they just no? Honestly, yeah. like uh, we grew up in the country. I would say we had two and a half acres growing up. Yeah. We had we had two big trees on the outside of our house, and. I swear every kid who went biking by or playing road, road hockey would be terrified to go by the Pechnik <laughs> house because there would be two hounds just howling at them. And, yeah. Uh, we had two big dog houses at each tree, and they'd yeah. be in there, and someone would walk by, and they'd come out and start howling and scare the <laughs> living crap out of them. So they were good watchdogs. Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, is it just uh, here in Fort Wayne, so is it just you and the dog? So actually, I don't have him with me. Oh, he's at home. Yeah, he's okay. with my mom, so – uh, obviously my dad passed yeah. and I think it's really good for my mom as well. Yeah. So last year when I went back to Switzerland for my third year over there, there was actually a flight ban with dogs. So he's been with my mom ever since and I'd feel horrible taking with me. Right. So right. I'll either have to replace him with a new puppy for my mom, either a bloodhound <laughs> or, uh, somehow get him back into my hands. Yeah. So I'm sure she's probably pretty attached to him. Oh yeah. Every time I get come home, she's always having a conversation with him. So it's pretty funny. My, <laughs> my mom's one of those crazy dog ladies. Yeah. And that's all the only dog she has is your dog right now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. my sister and her, uh, lived, yeah. my youngest sister and her, uh, live together and, um, every time someone sees him, he's, they, they got to stop and talk and pet him. And <laughs> he, he's one of a kind, but, uh, he goes to the vets and gets his checkups and they always say is he's in the greatest shape for a basset hound cause they're known yeah. for being, yeah. uh, obese and yeah. whatnot. So, yeah. but he's, he likes his walks and he likes going on the ice rink as well, <laughs> slipping all over the place. Yeah. I've seen some pictures of it. It looks like he's also well-traveled. He's, he's been to some spots. Oh yeah. He's yeah. Everywhere I travel in Europe, he came with me. He's probably been to more countries than the average person so uh he every time i tell him a uh, car ride or you want to go for a plane ride he jumps into the car right away and the, his favorite thing in the world in the airplanes was going in the crate when he when he was young he was able to sit on my lap and yeah. sit in the seat next to me but he just got so big that it was over the restrictions so he ended up going underneath but he was so happy really yeah wow. I, uh, he's crazy so so what's it like flying with a dog? I've I've seen dogs on airplanes, and I've I have three dogs too, and I've always wondered. I think one would be okay, but I'm always afraid that they would freak out. Yeah. So honestly, uh, in Canada, you can't fly on board with dogs. So when okay. I went back and forth to Switzerland, I'd travel to the U.S. and uh, he's an emotional support dog. Right. But I feel like I'm his emotional support <laughs> human. Way around. If if he doesn't have uh, attention, he'll start whining and stuff like that. So he he's uh, he's definitely one of a kind. <laughs> yeah, I love basset hounds, but yeah, he's yeah awesome. they're probably a little, little bit of a handful, probably. Uh, he's good. He's kind of like <laughs> like father, like son, I guess everyone yeah. says. Same personalities. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Well, good. I'm glad you're here in Fort Wayne. I know it's been kind of a rough uh, few months for you, uh, but uh, injuries happen, and you're certainly probably no stranger to that. But it's it's hard for you guys to like stay attached to the team, you know, when you're out for that length of time so how do you do that how are you able to to like just keep i guess in the playing mood and and hang out with the guys and you know kind of keep you know with the team yeah i mean the nice thing uh about 
playing the East Coast is uh, the single guys have uh, roommates. Yeah. So I'm very close with uh, Alan Lazarchuk and uh, Max. He got leave when he's here, but he's obviously up in Ontario right now. So uh, we we spent a lot of time together. But I still came to the rink uh, as much as I could whenever I was yeah. allowed to. Uh, try to be. I'm a positive guy, so I was always trying to like keep the room light and stuff. Yeah. If we were we were on a good roll there for a bit, and now we're struggling, obviously, but. Um, I think another thing that's helped me kind of stay close to the guys is bringing the kids in the room after games yeah. and stuff from uh, my program. And then uh, it's it's nice after a game, whether you win or lose, just to have kids come in yeah. and kind of cheers the guys up. So yeah. it's, it's nice to, I guess, stay in a uh, close relationship with yeah. the players. Through now you said when you're allowed to. When are you, when are you kicked out of the locker room? <laughs> uh, so when, when I originally got diagnosed with uh, bacterial pneumonia, they kind of just said, like, oh, well, you got to stay oh, away so from Oh, so you're kind of quarantined. Yeah, okay. so, like, I wasn't contagious because I was yeah. on the antibiotics, but yeah. they just – we couldn't afford to have any more injuries or yeah. sicknesses. So I understood it, and, yeah. it, like, I wanted to be at the rank with the guys, but, I mean – But you've also got two roommates, so, like, were you, like – Well, Alan, I, I, I'm convinced I got it from Alan. He's been coughing <laughs> since he got here. But he says it's normal when yeah. he's pulling. He gets cough all the time. And, yeah. Uh, sorry, I speak broken English. Living with him now. <laughs> yeah. So how is that? Yeah. I. I uh, yeah. Alan, he does a pretty good job. Uh, but yeah. But English is his second language. So was was there any type of communication barrier between you guys when you started rooming together? Oh no, Ma- Maxie and I like we have a great time with him, and we just think he's the funniest guy in the yeah. world. And then, but it's bad. Like Maxie's parents came right before uh, or during Thanksgiving, actually, and. Uh, they noticed that we were speaking broken English and <laughs> like we couldn't put a full sentence together because yeah. we're starting to talk like Alan. <laughs> so I, he's great. His English is for sure way better than my Polish. So, right. right. Uh, but we have a good time with it and he's always laughing too. But so. th- those guys who English is their second language, they are the funniest guys because oh, yeah. Olivier Legault, who I just adore is still, I mean, he's been in this country for, you know, he's spoken English for years and years and years, but still there's certain words that he can't pronounce. And it, when he's when it comes out, I mean, both Ben and I will just start cracking up. Oh, I yeah. mean, he started. He tried to say measles the other day, <laughs> and it came out as Amelia's. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, I liked. Uh, I grew up around a lot of French Canadians, obviously yeah. from Ottawa, and uh, the going joke was they would speak Franglish, half French, half English. <laughs> and uh, Legs is a prime example of that sometimes when he gets talking, or just even some terms he uses, I always joke with him. He always says, "Report back to the net front." And it, it's kind of like sounds like, oh, you got to report to the principal's office right now. <laughs> so I, I joke with him with that stuff like that. But obviously his French is better than our English. So, yeah, yeah, it, it's just all fun. Yeah. 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 Oh, my dad, he uh, English was his second language. And until the day he died, there were still words he couldn't say and I would still crack up. So it's I know it sounds horrible, but it's actually pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, as, as long as as long as they know you're joking around right. with them, it's it's awesome. It's a right. lot of fun. Right, right. So let's uh, okay, let's dive in, man. You you let's talk about your foundation, all of that stuff, because that I can tell that is like one of that is your big thing. I mean, it's almost bigger than playing hockey. I mean, it probably is more fulfilling what you do. So Will's Warriors, is that right? Yeah, Will's Warriors, and you pretty much you you not really counsel kids, but it's more of a program to. Let's just say cheer kids up who've lost a, a relative or lost a parent. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, in 2013, my dad passed, and I had two younger siblings, an older brother, uh, two younger sisters, sorry. And uh, there was like nothing uh, in Canada for them. And I mean, uh, counseling is different for everybody, but my sister went to counseling and it only did so much. And then when I moved to uh, after uh, my last year, junior, I moved to Saginaw, Michigan, and I wanted to start the kids program. 
and I was lucky enough to partner with uh, the Children's Grief Center of Great Lakes Bay Region, and I started my program. It's called The Heart Like Mine, but all the kids who come to the game are Will's Warriors. Yeah. So uh, what I do is I invite them to the games. Um, they get a souvenir and stuff. They get a locker room tour before the games, and then after they get to come in and, and meet all the guys and uh, uh, get some autographs, pictures, whatever they want. And then uh, it's not just that. Like, I go out in the community. I'm a full-time uh, volunteer facilitator now at Aaron's house. Uh, here in Fort Wayne, so uh, I go out and see them at Aaron's house, or I go out to their hockey games, or whatever they do in the community. So it's it's kind of not just a one and done thing. I like to always be like an extra person, like a big brother for them to yeah. talk to, because I know, like especially for my sister, uh, a lot of people ask me why I started it, and probably the biggest reason why was um, I I was 18 years old when my dad passed, and my youngest sister was 14, and from 14 yeah. to 18 were some of the best memories I ever had with my dad, and I felt like obviously my sister had her own memories and stuff, but um, it's tough. Like when you see a young kid uh, who's seven or eight years old and has lost a parent, and uh, you can only imagine like he probably has very limited memories, or he or she has yeah. limited memories. So um, that's why I do it, and it's just someone to look up to and know that I've they I've been through it just the same way that they've been through it. And yeah, you can turn out and be successful and uh, turn a a sad thing into a positive thing. Yeah. I guess. And you've taken this program wherever you've been. You've gone to Switzerland and done it. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it was a little tougher in Switzerland. Like I'm fairly fluent in French, so I was able to do it in Geneva. Yeah. But when I went to Beale last year, I did it a couple times. And oh, Swiss German is like <laughs> a, my grandmother Swiss German, and like I could barely understand her English too. So yeah. um, when I tried to speak, I had to get a translator and stuff. So it was a little more difficult, but I, I was still able to do it, and I think the kids enjoyed it and. But it, obviously, being home in North America, it's uh, it's much easier for me yeah. and um, easier for me to get around to like a one of their local if they're in a play or something. I've been to a lot of plays, which is kind of cool. It's a nice break from hockey, yeah. Uh, just to experience what they do and be there for them as they're like kind of supporting me at the yeah. games, watching me play. So how does how does you, how do you start something like that up? You started it in Saginaw, right? Yeah. So you had this idea. So how did you go about just starting it? Oh, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, we were, I've always wanted to do that in something in honor of my dad yeah. after. Uh, we were out uh, doing a Habitat for Humanity. We were building a ramp for a veteran. And uh, there was this really good looking girl working for the Saginaw Spirit. <laughs> and of course me, like uh, I was the one who like, oh, she works for the team. Like, yeah, yeah well, I might as well just ask. And yeah. honestly, she's turned into one of my best friends uh, to this day. And um, she helped me start it. And I have to give her all the credit in the world because if I didn't have her, I'd, this program yeah. wouldn't be still going today. And uh, I was just, when I first had my pneumonia this year, I went back to Saginaw for the Children's Grief Luncheon. Uh, the, I think the guys were on the road in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I went up to Saginaw for the day, and it was amazing just to see all the kids from my program. And, um, yeah, she, she helped me out so much, and I actually, they kind of threw me up into a speech. And, of course, me, I w winged it last second and <laughs> it was good though i mean i owe everything to her and she helped me out a lot so we just basically came up with a story and uh the children's grief center saw that and they wanted a partner with me and it ended up turning into the best thing i've ever done yeah, in my life and that was that yeah. yeah so you come to fort wayne now you said you working with aaron's house so when you got here did you immediately seek out uh, someone to work with yeah, so when uh, the big thing, like when Benny was recruiting me, like I, that's part of the reason why I came back yeah. to North America is like I wanted to do continue my kids' program, and he just told me like the Fort Wayne community is great and they support, uh, they love when 
the players out in the community and stuff like that. And that, that's just always been who I am, like giving back and grateful for the things that I had growing up. Um, but yeah, I came, I came to Fort Wayne and Benny gave me the green light to, uh, and uh, the Franke said, yeah, by all means, whatever you need. It's just tough with all the league rules and the yeah. stuff. So I had to go out and kind of do everything by myself. Um, so I reached out to Aaron's house and uh, they read my message. I saw that and then I just showed up one day and then I they gave me a tour and everything. And the next thing I know, I was signed up for a <laughs> volunteer facilitator. And I, yeah. I mean, it's been great so far. I've done a couple so far. Um, I did the young adults. So usually I'm with kids, but the young adults, like it was so emotional. And for me to be the facilitator, uh, like it's tough. Like yeah. people grieve at their own different times. And like to this day, I think, uh, everyone grieves differently. And, uh, I still have my moments sure. where it's, where it sucks. Like something, I'll see something that reminds me of my dad, but I mean, being able to help other people out and just know that they're not alone and there's yeah. uh, everybody goes through this at some point in their lifetime. Yeah. And plus you, you had a younger sister, so going to those younger adults was probably even easier than you thought. Yeah. Like, so for me, I've, for some reason I always struggled in elementary school, public speaking. Yeah. But then when I became like playing junior hockey, like talking to schools or whatever, talking to groups of people is just so easy for me. So I've always been comfortable in that type of environment. And I mean, um, if they can look up to me, that's awesome. Or if I can offer some advice or help them out, that's, that's all I try to do yeah. at the end of the day. And off the topic here, I hate, I, I'm scared to death of talking to a group of kids. I am. I can talk to adults, a thousand, two thousand, ten thousand doesn't matter. But for some reason, kids actually intimidate me. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like I, I'm a pretty fun guy. I think so. <laughs> I kind of usually try to make a joke out of everything before I start, yeah. and usually it's a good icebreaker. Sometimes I'll get a couple looks, but other than that, I mean, yeah, it's great. I have no problem with it. Yeah, yeah. Have you been able to stay in touch with any of the kids? Yeah. So actually. Um, uh, in Saginaw, I've had uh, barbecues and stuff for the kids yeah. uh, once a summer, and um, it, it's it's been good. Like uh, I still get messages this day, but when I first started in 2015, um, these kids are four years older now, and some of them yeah. are as big as I am now, and I'm a pretty big guy. <laughs> yeah, and they were just like at my hips by the time like I was seeing them and yeah. trying to help them out through my program, and it's cool to see them grow into young, uh, successful people, and they've been through the same thing that a lot of us have, and it's it's just nice to see that they're doing so well now. Yeah. And is this something where after you're done playing hockey, you want to continue? Oh, for sure. I mean, but like even as a profession, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so in Canada, like, my, my dream one day is to start something like Aaron's House. Yeah. Uh, we – someone told me we have a children's grief center in Ontario, but Ontario is, like, huge. Right. Um, it's bigger than yeah. most European countries. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, if there's one, that okay, great, but, like – I've never ever seen anything like Aaron's House or the Children's Grief Center of Great Lakes Bay region. Really? Um, which we, we, it's not the same, I guess, in Canada. Like counseling is the way to go, and and again, counseling's not for everyone. So yeah. I just think, uh, yeah, it's a dream of mine to start something like that one day. Yeah. So would it be something where you would like go back to school to like get your counseling degree or psychology uh, or anything like that? Uh, that's a good question. Social work? I, I've never <laughs> thought about that. Yeah. I mean, the the good thing for me right now when I'm a player, um. I guess like you can say I have a voice yeah. because uh, there's younger kids who look up to me and so yeah. even fans and stuff, they look up to the players. So, I mean, I can use my voice right now, but that's only going to last for so long. So I've built a lot of uh, relations in the community and stuff. So I've been lucky enough that a lot of people like me and I'll have a lot of support back home to uh, start something like this. But I don't know if I would get right into the hands-on counseling, but I, I would definitely like to 
have professionals for that and yeah. uh n- not just like counseling but like just having an environment for where people can go families can go and just exact same as Aaron's house it's just so amazing what they do and uh if you watch any of their videos online it's just like the families talk about how much it's helped them and yeah i think it's awesome like we don't have anything again in canada and i think that's what a lot of canadians are missing because yeah. everybody loses a close right. loved one at some point that's crazy is there anyone that any kid that you've met that's really stood out to you um yeah they're not they're, using names but just yeah you know. there, there's a few um i remember one of my first kids uh the uh, one of the Fox News came in. They did like a interview with me, and then during the game, I guess somehow he got control of the microphone, and uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. Like he said, it was the best night of his life. Being yeah. able, uh, his quote was something along the lines of, "How uh, you get asked to come to a hockey game, you get free food, and then it just you know you're on TV. It's just so cool. It was the best night of my life, and that yeah. was on TV. So I thought like he, he was a lot of fun to be around. But um, I've met so many awesome kids and um it's just so nice to see them smiling especially when they're such a young age going through such a difficult time yeah and so the kids you're helping out now are are they all through aaron's house is that how you get in touch with them yeah so i before like the children's grief center in saginaw was um like i would go there and if i met a new family they were interested to come they would come but aaron's house uh ashley she's uh the social media so she's been really great with me there's just so many families at Aaron's house that I obviously can't do them all this year. Yeah. I think they told me there's over 800 kids at Aaron's house wow. just in Fort Wayne. So uh, obviously I can't do 820 yeah. <laughs> or 34 home games, whatever it is. Yeah. So, But I'll try to do as many as I can. And so far I've had three families every night, and it's been great. But, uh, yeah, it's all been through Aaron's yeah. house. Yeah, but that that's also neat. You say the kids come in before the game. They come in after the game. So, you know, we're going through as we're recording this in a, in a – bad stretch but it's kind of hard you know to be upset and grumpy you put it all in perspective when you come through that locker room door and you see kids who you know what have been through a lot more than just losing a hockey game yeah and I mean it's always like for me it's especially since I've been playing like it sucks losing and I can only imagine how bad the guys feel when they're playing and they're losing and you bring in a group of kids and yeah I gotta give all the guys credit they've been all so good and like it kind of I guess it for me from looking on the outside not being able to play uh it kind of cheers them up even though we just had a loss or something like that and yeah the guys have been great and uh uh, kids have been so happy so I can't complain at all (laughs) I'm like sure they get an education uh yeah (laughs) hockey players oh yeah no the guys are the guys are pretty good they uh they're respectful and the kids are in there but yeah I would hope i wouldn't bring them in when it was just the guys in there (laughs) unfiltered dressing right that would not be good (laughs) so have any of your guys have they kind of uh you know come in with you a little bit or have they been volunteering or anything like that or uh no um i i've never asked anyone to do it i'm sure i'm sure if i asked somebody they'd be more than willing to help out um it's just something like it does take a lot of time and effort, but I, it's just something I, it keeps me busy. Yeah. That's like kind of my hobby, I guess, yeah. away from the rink. And um, uh, guys do other things. Uh, so I, w- I would never ask somebody, but if they wanted to join in, like for sure, I'd, yeah. I'd allow it. And one of my former teammates uh, continued the program in Saginaw the year after I left. Yeah. And they still have a grant every year for like a kid to play hockey or something. So it's, it's pretty cool. And you've played with guys who were in the same situation as you, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. so – when my dad passed away, my captain, or he was my D partner, he ended up being our captain. He called me. I don't know how I found out, but he called me probably with an hour after I found out. And um, 
Like if I didn't have uh, Josh Brown, he's playing for the Florida Panthers right now. He, if I didn't have him call and reach out to me, he was went through the same thing. And um, I don't know like where I would have went with my hockey career. And uh, just like the whole Oshawa general staff was so supportive. They all showed up to my dad's funeral. Uh, yeah. We were in Ottawa on a Tuesday night. The Wednesday uh, funeral was on a Wednesday, so they stayed the extra night. Spent a lot of money staying in a hotel and stuff. And it was like the support I had from my my teammates and stuff. But then like now it's like me I'm kind of in Josh's role now like I feel like if a teammate loses somebody uh close to them I always feel like I have to be there for them I don't feel like I have to but it's just something that yeah. I want to do and I know it's not easy and I if I can offer advice or be there for them or whatever like that's what I try to do now yeah that's it's really neat man that's that's a, a pretty cool calling that you have um so uh, if we can talk about your dad for a minute yep. I mean obviously uh you're I mean, you keep him alive, you know, every minute, you know, and like even myself, my dad passed away five years ago and I find myself surrounding my stuff, my office with things of my dad. So, I mean, that never happened before, obviously, but it's something that's still very comforting to me. Is that something that you do? Yeah. I mean, uh, I get a hard time sometimes from guys on the ice. Like they, they call me Eric Carlson on the ice cause I wear 65, but yeah. I'm probably the polar opposite of that type of style. Um, I'm a shutdown guy yeah. and just play defense first yeah. and, uh, I wear 65. My dad was a professional football player, and that's the number he wore. So it's something I do just to kind of keep on uh, my dad's legacy. And obviously the kids program as well is something in honor of him. And, um, yeah, he was just – I couldn't have asked for a better person and uh, father. He raised me into the young man I am today, and uh, same with my mom. And I just feel like he raised me the right way. And if I didn't have him as my dad, I definitely would have been a professional athlete. So, yeah. Uh, he taught me how to be a professional, and the biggest thing he always told me is respect others, respect your opponents. And um, I wouldn't say I, uh, on the ice, like I'm a little different than I am off the ice. Oh, sure. that's uh, uh, I'm a loud mouth on yeah. the ice and kind of like <laughs> to get under guys' skins. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just like once, you're, once the game's over, the game's over, and you yeah. just be the person who you are. And I've always uh, stuck by that, and it's something I take pride in. It's just the way my dad was. He was – uh, a quote that someone said stuck out to me uh, at my dad's funeral. He's like the friendliest giant. He looked so intimidating. He was 6'5", close to 300 pounds, and just a monster. Like when I would shake his hand, like my hand would disappear in yeah. his hand or something, or anyone would say that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he was the friendly giant. So, I mean, obviously I'm not as big as him, but I try to be uh, as nice <laughs> as possible off the ice. So. Yeah. Now, your dad, your dad was Canadian, right? Yeah. And how did he choose football? Oh, uh, this is a, I just told this story the other day to someone here. Um, he was playing junior B hockey. He was a goalie, um, and his coach comes in one day after a game. I think he got let in six or something on probably five shots. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> his coach goes, uh, "Petch, you're not a goalie, son. You, you should play football or something." And my dad was in twelfth uh, grade, so back then they had. Oh, geez, uh, so he was in high school. We yeah, this so news. back then that was. Uh, uh, Sophomore is great. Eleventh yeah. grade, junior. junior. Oh, junior. So, but they had thirteen grades back then. Yeah. So he started football yeah. in twelfth grade, and then uh, in his senior year, he got a scholarship to a Canadian uh, hometown team, and uh, he played one or two seasons there, and he was drafted professionally, and then he just went professionally from then on in. But he wasn't playing hockey. I mean, I'm sorry, football prior to that. No, he just picked it up right then. Two years he was playing college football, and then three <laughs> years or four years he was playing professional. So he was just my dad had a work ethic, like. Yeah. Um, I met a lot of his buddies who played professional and he would always tell me stories that they like to use, uh, some stuff to make them a little bit stronger back in the yeah. days. 
and my dad just like he just lived in the gym and yeah uh if i go back and look at pictures it's just like uh, i'm not even close to the size he was <laughs> and uh yeah he he trained his his uh butt off and he became successful and he was a right guard and a long snapper on special teams. So and he played for Toronto, Toronto Argonauts. Yeah, yeah. he was there uh, for five seasons, and then he played two games of the sixth year, and they blew his knee out. Uh, he he had blown his knee out the other one the year before uh, at the end of the season, and then he re- trained all summer. He blew the other one out, and then he retired, and they won the Grey Cup that year. Yeah, so. Of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's usually how things work. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, I mean, did he ever? Was there any? NFL talk or did he was just strictly you know he was going to be a, a CFL guy so he actually yeah. he went to camp with the Cleveland Browns in 1985 oh, okay. or 86 uh but back then that's when like the guys like Doug Flutie left the NFL to go to the CFL yeah yeah because for some reason I think it was the TV rights back in the yeah. day uh the players just made more money so he he kind of just I remember him telling me one day he said he'd be crazy to play in the NFL or play in the CFL and play at home and make more money so he right. just wanted to play at home and make more money I guess yeah yeah <laughs> But did you ever play football? No. No, not that, at all. That, and honestly, like, I know it's America's game, and yeah. my dad never, ever pushed me to – he yeah. just wanted me to do what I sure. enjoyed. And, sure. Um, he put me in hockey with my brother because, obviously, it's Canada's game, and I loved it since day one. I He probably had me on skates when I was, like, one and a half or something. Yeah. He was holding me out there, but uh, he never, ever, like – pushed me to play football he said you can play if you want but just like me looking at how sore my dad was after his oh, career yeah. it's just like oh yeah oh thank you right but right. i mean hockey like eventually like it'll catch up to you but uh he got me into lacrosse as well so i'm a big lacrosse guy in the summertime and uh drafted professionally there as well so uh, i had to make a choice between hockey and lacrosse and chose hockey i mean um i went to europe my paycheck was pretty good yeah. to help out my family so yeah it was nice to go over there and be able to make some good money and give back to my family. So that's probably why I chose hockey over lacrosse. Um, definitely a better lacrosse player than I am hockey player. Really? Yeah, I'm a defensive guy in hockey. And yeah. I'm the guy who gets whacked all the time because I <laughs> tend to score a lot of goals in lacrosse. I take a lot of face-offs, so I get abused there too. Yeah. And then uh, somehow my coach in Geneva uh, two years ago figured out that I uh, took draws in lacrosse and he thought it's the yeah, same in right. hockey. So every penalty kill, I was going out there taking face-offs, <laughs> and I just look lost out there. It's totally different, but I was pretty good. I was definitely over 50%, which I was kind of shocked. Yeah. I, I was just – I'm not a centerman in hockey, though. I can yeah. tell you that for free. Yeah. But it's uh, somewhat similar. I mean, the skill set's about the same, right? Yeah, so back back when I was, like, growing up as a kid, like, the face-offs were – there's box lacrosse and field lacrosse, and I grew up playing box lacrosse, which is in a hockey arena. Yeah. Uh, it's a Canada game. The U.S. game is the field lacrosse. Um the the faceoffs were just like it's all quick reaction off a whistle and uh, hockey it's kind of like it's hand eye quick reaction yeah. same thing but now the games evolved and across so much that it's like uh it's the American draw in the Canadian game so it's just like the more you cheat the more you're gonna win <laughs> and if you get away cheating good you're gonna win faceoffs yeah. and go down the score so yeah and it's uh, indoor lacrosse is becoming kind of big I mean especially in Canada I mean there's sold out crowds every night up in Toronto oh yeah, yeah. I was I was talking to a guy he lives in uh, Midwest I think he's in Chicago he runs a thing called Lacrosse All Stars Network yeah and he's telling me that he's done he's had uh, university statistics show that it's gonna be the game of the future in the United States really yeah yeah. Huh, maybe I should have picked up a lacrosse stick back in the day. Uh, I, it's a lot of fun, but it's it's not for everyone. But I yeah. I think if, like, Fort Wayne had a lacrosse team, they yeah. would 
absolutely love it. It's like the yeah. old, it'd be like the old Comet hockey days where yeah, yeah, where especially just, indoor. I mean, it's 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 oh, hockey oh, on your feet basically. Oh, oh yeah, it's like Don yeah. Cherry's Rock'em yeah. Sock'em days, pretty much with lacrosse stick <laughs> and. Yeah, the guys like to hack and whack each other. So, yeah, so, okay, so so lacrosse is kind of turning into the old school hockey thing. So, because hockey is kind of lighting up on the, on the physical play. So, but lacrosse now apparently is taking that over. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can still do a lot of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you, you cross check guys, slash guys, yeah. it, as long as it's within control. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, like our generation now is changing and yeah. every sport's changing with all the head contact and stuff. Yeah. But, Lacrosse is still probably one of the most <laughs> physical sports in in the world. Really? Oh yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's a it's a different sport. You're if you're not coming out black and blue after a game, uh, <laughs> you didn't have a good game or you didn't do your job. Oh wow! So when you uh, when you have kids, are you gonna push them to be uh, lacrosse players or hockey players or football players? <laughs> I I think honestly, uh, I'll let them do whatever they want. Yeah. I mean. Uh, I'll never force them to play hockey or anything, but I'll get them on skates. But you'll give them the pros and cons of each one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll just try to be as supportive as I can. And, I mean, uh, I live in Oshawa during the summer times, and I have a little Bill brother, and some of these hockey parents today are just, oh, they're crazy. That's a, yeah, the nicest term I can put. Right, so right. I, like, I think I would lose my mind if I was around that environment all the time. So I'd probably have to be either – on the bench or stay away from all that stuff. <laughs> so you would, you probably wouldn't get behind the bench. You probably wouldn't coach. You'd probably be I, way in the back. If I coach, I wouldn't put up with any of that. I would just, yeah. you have a problem and get off the team. I mean, <laughs> the stories that I hear now, minor hockey for kids to get more ice time or get on yeah. the power play when they're seven years old. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, well, and, and you come from a multiple sport background and now kids are picking that sport. The one sport they're going to concentrate on earlier and earlier. And I think you're probably in the same uh, boat as me. Like, that's crazy. You know, you shouldn't have to do that until really never, I don't think. But Yeah, and I, I mean, like from a hockey standpoint, if you look at some of the best hockey players in the world, Wayne Gretzky, uh, John Tavares, uh, Neuendyke, uh, Jovanovski, uh, I believe Sidney Crosby played. Yeah. Uh, they all played lacrosse in the summertime growing up. They yeah. never played summer hockey. They weren't on skates for 12 months a year. Yeah. You need that break, uh, whether it's mental, mentally and physically. Like you just need that break, something different. And I think lacrosse is goes so well with hockey. And yeah, I, I know some of the best lacrosse players in the world always played hockey in the wintertime. Yeah. So and now they have a coach for everything. They have a, a, a shooting, a skating. A, you know, obviously oh. goaltenders, but probably I'm sure there's a face-off doctor out there. Yeah, that I you mean, can hire. I, I mean, the games <laughs> evolve so much, obviously, with the video and all the technology in the game now, and all these stats and. Uh, don't even know what it's called. Uh, kind of the Corsi and stuff. So, they whatever teams could do, they think they can do to help the team win. I think they're gonna do it. But I mean, I never had this growing up, so it's, yeah. it's obviously a change for me. Yeah. But I, I can only imagine like for a guy like Legs, like now he's on the other side of it, and he never had any of this when he was playing. Right. He right. probably would have been a fifty goal man back in the day <laughs> if he had that, <laughs> and probably five hundred penalty minutes. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So like, but does that you know you grew up. Well, you're 25, so you're just kind of on that cusp of guys who are still the rough and tumble guys. When I look at uh, AJ and Sid, you know they're pushing 30, and then but then you know you talk to uh, uh, you know Allen or you talk to Max Gottlieb, guys who are 20, 21. Just that difference, and you're kind of now in the middle, kind of in that you know yeah, I still I'm still pretty tough, but I also know that the game is changing. So you're in that weird spot, I think. Oh yeah, I yeah. mean, so I'm 
literally right in the middle. Like I grew up in some of that generation, yeah. but I didn't grow up with it all. Like if I was maybe my youngest sister's age, it'd be a little bit different. That would be like Alan was our yeah. type's age. Um, yeah, it's different. I mean, uh, all games change. Everything's changed. Like you can only say certain things nowadays and you got to be careful what you say because right. you can get yourself in trouble. And I mean, social media is probably the worst thing possible for that. So Whenever I'm on social media, I always try to be good and do good things. And or, that's yeah, yeah, that's a good policy. Yeah, we all should have. Yeah, but I then like uh, Biz Nasty, Paul Bissonette is like one of my favorite guys in the world. The stuff he says is just so unfiltered, and I mean, he gets away that he's got a good job with it, but he he's also respectful at the same time. Yeah, so, yeah, um, but that stuff gets like what well, Jeremy Roenick just oh, yeah. got in trouble. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like I, I listened yeah. to the Spitting Chickens podcast yeah. when I heard that. I'm like, yeah, you can't say that anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which I think sometimes is actually a good thing, I think, because it's like, yeah, you know, it may have been okay, but it, it really never was. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, you always got to be careful what you say because yeah. uh, the wrong person can hear something and yeah. they can take offense to that and stuff like yeah. that. So Yeah, and it's and you work around kids and, you know, you always have to be mindful of what you Yeah, say. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I just try, like, my thing is trying to be a role model for them. And if, if they ever happen to follow me on social media or something and see something bad, it's just like I'm not being a good role model. Right. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, you said you have a brother and a sister? Brother right? and two sisters. Two okay. younger sisters, older brother. Okay. Okay. So what, what do they do? My brother is the director of Parks and uh, Recreation in North Grenville, so just south of Ottawa. Um, he just got married this past summer. Uh, I was his best man. and uh, How much older is he? He's uh, 18 months, so two years, oh, Okay. So you were, you practically grew up together then. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We were pretty close. I, I, uh, he was a better hockey player. I was a better lacrosse <laughs> player. Um but I, he just didn't enjoy all the stuff that was part of hockey, yeah. like all the politics and stuff. So he ended up getting away from it, and then he started driving Zambonis for the arena. So that's kind of how he's stuck in hockey, and now he's the director of Parks and Recreation there. So, um, he's, yeah, he's doing well for himself. As, uh, my new sister-in-law, she's uh, HR, and they're expecting their first child in April. So it's pretty oh, – So there you go. you got to be an uncle. Pretty exciting, yeah. yeah. Exciting times. Yeah, yeah. So what yeah. do your sisters do? Uh, my sister, you're younger than me. She's uh, in college right now. Um She's had a tough time since my dad's passed away, yeah. so uh, it's never easy, obviously, losing a parent, but uh, she's she's hopefully getting better uh, each and every day. But uh, my youngest sister, she's 21 now. Um, she's in her third year of uh, Carleton Business Sprout University. Uh, it's a business program in Canada and Ottawa. And then she's going into uh, chiropractic after that. She's been accepted into uh, – the chiropractic school Canada. So. Cool. It sounds like everyone's doing well. Yeah, every, yeah. everyone's doing well. And then my yeah. mom, she's she's busy with uh, – she's a supervisor of uh, registered nurses in Ottawa. So yeah. she takes busy. care of the dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> – he takes care of himself during the days, but uh, he's so needy when they get home. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's something else. Yeah. So how is uh, how has your mom handled all of this? I mean, she's – obviously the closest one to everything but it's a different thing because you know i lost my dad but the way i grieved and the way my mother grieved are two totally different things yeah i mean uh, i feel so bad for my mom some days and uh I, they were high school sweethearts like they met each other yeah. in uh 10th grade and end up getting married had four kids together and um they just kind of showed me like how a marriage should look one yeah. day and nowadays like there's so much divorce rates are so high yeah. now and I was lucky I grew up in a family that didn't have that and my dad and mom were just so loving together and um I, I it's so hard on my mom I could only imagine and then she's got four kids as well to deal yeah. with and 
She's going to be a uh, grandmother soon. I think she wants to be called Granny, so she's probably excited <laughs> for stuff like that. Yeah. She yeah. already has her grandson with my with my son, my little Basset Hound Petch. But yeah, um, uh, yeah. So it's probably not easy on her, and I hope one day that she finds someone, and I'm sure that's exactly what my dad would want as well. But, yeah. Uh, knowing my mom, it's like she's uh, she's a special lady. I don't know if she she would ever do that or not, but uh, hopefully. Yeah. It's ne- I could never be easy for her. So right, right. It's yeah. it's yeah. It's it's totally different. And uh, I lost a sister uh, ten years ago, and she had a a fourteen year old daughter. So I you know I totally can understand everything that you're going through. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, you know you try to support your sisters because you're now uh, you had you know two older brothers, so now you're kind of the father figure now. You guys yeah. had to take over for your dad. Yeah, exactly. I mean. Like we, we, like I had played hockey and I was busy with that. But when I was in junior, right when my dad passed away, I'd go to the rink for practice and I'd work like eight-hour days, like after yeah. practice, just to like help out my mom. Because, like when my dad passed away, we lost everything. His business par- partner took everything from us, so it was, we were left with like with a unfortunate situation. So I mean, it sucked, but I mean we're doing all yeah. a lot better now, and things happen for a reason and i truly believe in that so um yeah things are definitely getting better yeah and it's it sounds like uh, the whole family's doing well and hopefully you're gonna start getting back on the ice and oh i can't wait <laughs> so uh where else do you see i mean we talked a little bit about uh uh you know maybe starting your own counseling or something like that is it something where you know it maybe it's even something that you can do it nationally or i mean something a big big picture kind of a thing instead of just the places you've played it's like this could be something big even you know in canada because obviously there's a void yeah i mean uh so hunter garland he's playing in he's in nashville system right now i believe he's down in uh florida with the everglades blades yeah um he wears number 65 his dad was born in 1965 his dad passed away uh, two years after my dad. And it's kind of a funny story. We played on the provincial team, Ontario lacrosse team together. Uh, we're both from opposite sides of the province, and we ended up playing together for two years on the provincial team. And uh, our dads, for some reason, just bonded really well. I guess they're the same type of people, and they stood away from all the crazy parents, and yeah. they just kind of were up doing their thing. And then uh, two years after my dad passed away, Hunter and I were playing against each other. He was in Peterborough. I was in Osho. It's like a Toledo-Comets rivalry. Yeah. and same type of thing in junior like we hated each other on the ice but we loved each other off the yeah. ice and I, m- I remember I saw this on social media his dad had passed and I reached out to him and we've stayed in contact throughout the years now and he was just up here at the beginning of the season and he saw that I was continuing the program and his brother and I we did some stuff together in lacrosse in the summertime and uh Hunter wanted to start it so I haven't really talked to him too much about it but I know he wanted to start it and he helped me out that first night that I did it here in Fort Wayne yeah so it's neat that actually that the players who have you know reached out to you are now interested in doing that as well yeah yeah i mean yeah the support of like teammates and past teammates has been unbelievable and uh it'd be nice like i i say hockey's more than a game yeah um that's kind of like uh another kind of little like hashtag or slogan you whatever you want to call it uh in most of my posts um you you only have a voice for so long when you're an athlete um some are lucky to be pretty famous and they have a voice for life but 
I mean, I'm not the most skilled hockey player in the world, <laughs> so I don't know how long I'll have a voice for it, but if I can make a difference in one person's life, then yeah. I think I've done my job, and hopefully I can do more than one person. So. Has there been, like, any other, you know, community leaders, business people, or anything who have, like, hey, I'd like to get involved in this, or I'd like to help out anyway, or? So, I, actually, back, I, I live in Oshawa in the summertime from Ottawa, but it's about three hours apart, but I, I've done a bunch of community stuff, and she uh, she's the MPP, which is, like, uh... I don't know exactly. It'd be like uh, like the governor, I guess, of the state. Okay. She's the uh, MPP of our province, and she kind of reached out to me. She, I've met her a few times at community appearances yeah. and stuff, and she reached out to me to ask like what this is about and like what's Aaron's house, what's the Children's Center, oh, neat. Great Lakes yeah. Bay region. So yeah. I talked to her about a lot of stuff like that, and like I just told her that we need stuff like that in Canada, and she agrees. And so hopefully this summer we get together and sort something out and. Like even if I just started like a like a three day camp or something or did like a charity fundraiser for it just to like get awareness about how much children do grieve in, yeah. in Canada like the, I'm sure the numbers are pretty close to us obviously the population is not the same but I'm sure the stats are very similar yeah yeah have you any have uh, uh, going back to the kids themselves have you ever had anything uh, as far as how they lost a parent does that play into it I mean. Maybe it's an illness. Maybe it's sudden. Maybe it's something a, a violence. Maybe it's a crime. Maybe yeah. yeah. So um, throughout the years I've done this program, now I've probably seen every type of way you could possibly die, whether it's through natural causes yeah. or suicide or uh, a murder or stuff like that. Yeah. So I mean, it's none of my business to get involved with like that type of stuff. But yeah. uh, it's the same situation. They lost a loved one. So right, right. My, my only job for them is just to be like an, a big brother uh, to look up to and um, just try to make a difference in their lives and show that uh, you can turn a negative into a positive. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's something you kind of don't really consider how someone died is also going to really play into it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I, for the most part, I usually, the, someone will mention how their loved one yeah. passed away and uh, sometimes it's an awkward situation like you, you never have the right words to say yeah. or something like that but like at the end of the day i'm just i'm doing my thing to be <laughs> a positive influence or whatever it is on them or a role model whatever you want to call it yeah. and i uh, just try to try to be positive in all these situations now if anyone here in town wants to help out and get involved how do they do it i uh, reach out through the social media pages yeah. uh they can call scott at the office um I, I know uh, John Wood at Ace Automotive. He's been unbelievable. He just uh, offered to pay for all the T-shirts for my kids. Uh, him with uh, a guy yeah. from Rushmore. I believe they're both longtime Comets fans. Okay. So uh, they're they're gonna pay for the kids' T-shirts that I give them as souvenir. So uh, I was very generous of them and um, classic product as well as they're helping out as well. So yeah. I mean. Uh, whether even if it's like uh, something like a fun night out for the kids, like to go to combat ops or something, yeah. like, that'd be awesome for like people to help out that way or something like that. Just because I know uh, a lot of families, uh, it's it's tough when you lose a loved one and maybe the financials aren't always there. So just right. having a fun night out is is awesome right. for kids like that. Yeah. And now, do the, the relatives of the kids, whether it's another parent or someone, uh, have they do they really appreciate what you're doing? Oh yeah, I've I've had a lot of parents, like single parents, widows, like in tears after because they they haven't really had like that quality family yeah. time where they can come to a game and all sit together and just enjoy a fun night. Because um, again, everyone grieves differently, but I 
uh, a lot. Everyone's so thankful. I've never had a parent like be nasty with me or anything, yeah. or a, a grandparent or anything like that. But everyone's always been so thankful, and uh, they think it's awesome the stuff that I do, and it, it's good for me as well. Like it helps me grieve as well. And yeah. Realize that I'm not alone, and uh, I can make a difference in someone's life with the experiences that I've had. Yeah, I guess you don't think about that, that you are also going through it and how much uh, therapy it is for you yeah. just to talk to someone. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's been the best therapy possible for me. And um, I think I've I've grieved differently than my siblings. I kind of took on, like, to, I took care of my sister, like, when my youngest sister, when she, uh, my dad passed away. Like, she moved to Oshawa with me and played hockey there. And yeah all the amount of strings I had to pull because all the hockey <laughs> politics but sure it, it all it all ended up working out great yeah. and uh my sister and I are so close my youngest sister and I are just like we're best friends and yeah. same with my brother and I and like try to support my other sister every day but like she has her own battles too so hopefully yeah. uh hopefully things will turn around yeah yeah do you talk to your mom every day yeah we talk every day <laughs> she's finally learned out, out uh how to figure out the uh, ipad so it's kind of funny <laughs> sometimes she's got it like upside down or right yeah she's right. she's not the most tech savvy person in the world but now she has to with her job because everything's with uh yeah all technology nowadays so yeah she's she's getting there but it's entertaining <laughs> Yeah, but it's nice to, I mean, I've, I talk to my mother every day, you know, since my dad passed away. There, maybe in one day, I think I have not talked to my dad, my mom in five years, you know. Yeah. So it's it's important, you know, to do that. Yeah, no, my mom, yeah. my mom every day, she'll send me a goodnight text, I love you, or, yeah. or a good morning text, like, have a great day. Uh, yeah. Keep being the person you are, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. I, I get something once a day from my mom, and I always respond. So yeah. if if we don't uh, end up FaceTiming, because she, she is pretty busy with her job, but if we don't end up FaceTiming, I always have that message from her. So. Yeah, yeah. I still, when we get home from a road trip, doesn't matter where, I always text my mom that I made it home. Yeah. And that's, yeah. No, <laughs> doesn't matter what time it is. That's, that's yeah. awesome. It's just like the, those yeah. little things in yeah. family mean the world to people. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, my mom's awesome. So. <laughs> Very cool. And you got a humanitarian award, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So um, I got the OHL, the Dan Schneider Memorial uh, Award, and then luckily uh, I was invited out to Memorial Cup the year after I'd won the Memorial Cup, and um, they gave me the CHL humanitarian award uh, as well. So it was it was a pretty cool experience. I mean, uh, it was a lot of work, but I wouldn't. Uh, wouldn't trade any of that work for anything ever uh it's it's been so great for me and i think i've been able to help a lot of people so it's uh it's kind of like a little small reward appreciation token or whatever you want to call it and uh it, it was cool to be recognized for something like that well good man i'm glad you're keeping up the good work here in fort wayne it's awesome yeah no i enjoy it it's it's been awesome so far for the fort wayne community supported me uh tremendously and i can't thank everyone enough for that well, it's a good way to end this one, man. I appreciate you coming in, man. It's been a good talk and very enlightening. Again, glad you're here and glad you're uh, doing all the stuff that you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, buddy. Will Peshneg on this week's episode of the Huntington University Comets podcast. So glad to have him back out on the ice and more importantly, uh, thank him for all the things he does in the community. He does wonderful work wherever he's been and so glad he is in Fort Wayne. So if you see Will after the games, please go up to him, say thank you, shake his hand, get to know him because he is a good dude and hopefully be able to keep him around a little bit because of all the, the wonderful work he does. So that's is it that is our show next week we'll have another episode next tuesday so be on the lookout for that one but uh for right now thank you for listening i've been your host shane alberani and you've been listening to the huntington university comments podcast